evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Toyo, I'm Paula Moore. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm glad to have you. You have a nice book out, Glitter and Grit, and actually the greater, the greater as a creative. Um, so that's what we're talking about. You've been in the music industry for well, pretty much your whole life, and you share your your experiences and your your tips but you also do it in a creative way that it's not the normal behind the scenes music book fun some fun, fun stories a lot of life examples so it's less not preachy it's more as you know you can learn from what i have and kind of the fun is the best way to learn um what is your title right now like what is your, what are you right now as your job and your company doing like what are you doing right now um well i've just over the during the pandemic, I, I launched my eighth startup, and we're focused around AR innovation. Um, a lot of like new research discovery tools that I'm developing that are bespoke to my company. Um, we're launching. I, I relaunched my AR Scout training program. I launched a new program that complements it. That's all about AR marketing. So we have um, global participants in both of those programs learning how to do A&R and A&R marketing. And I serve a bunch of clients with, with discovery research on emerging talent of all kinds. Um, that's, that's in a nutshell what we're doing right now. And I'm about to roll out a Web3 platform that is um, going to disrupt the independent distribution space. Oh, really? Good. You yeah. As you stated in the book, you're really in on how how good and how equitable the internet can be to begin with, with with talent. And it feels like a lot of the music industry wasn't on right. board with that. And, and well, and this is surprising because not, you know, I was, that, not when I was starting out for sure. No, I mean, just like anything else, it's just like when a record label picks out an artist. By the time they're picking out the next next artist, they're, they're copying the other artists that were successful. It's not really a you know take chances anymore. So. You know, the internet was a brand new thing and you had a lot of good ideas. And you also struggled with some people who were trying to take your ideas and being a woman was also a challenge for you. Has it got a little bit better? I mean. Yeah, I mean, as far as, as, far as being a, a female executive, has it gone yeah, better? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, the past couple of years it's changed, but I just, I always just wonder like, man, there's still, there's still a lot of <laughs> old soldiers in those positions still, <laughs> you know? I, I do think a lot of like that from from the top down, it has changed quite a bit. I think there's a lot more respect, mutual respect in the industry amongst uh, genders. And I think um, we're seeing a not a seismic shift, but a shift in in female leadership positions being more mm-hmm. more available. But I do still think that, you know, look, we're in a creative business. It's very much centralized around a lifestyle um, Mm -hmm. that most creatives have is this, you know, music and, and culture lifestyle that, that bleeds into work. So, you know, there's, there are those blurry lines that are always going to exist, I think, in in the music business and not so much affecting the, the executives, but, but the younger, um, you know, entry level to, to junior executives, who go out a lot and and probably still are on the party scene a little bit when you're first getting into the music industry, there's a, there's a lot more of that. So I think, you know, those young women are still experiencing, you know, quite a difference in, in how their, uh, how their careers are, are, are getting off, 
getting started or, or, or getting off to the races compared to to their male counterparts. I think there's you know there's still some some work that has to be done on on the entry to mid level female and male executives. Well, yeah, I'd imagine it wouldn't change overnight. And of course, everyone's yeah. going to say things are different. Things are different, right? But if they're, you know, I mean, no one's going to say, "Well, no, we're not doing it. We're not changing." I mean, clearly, the world's a little more open. What would your advice be for for females coming in now? Like, you know, I I think, you know, obviously protecting what I call your creative house and and being very mindful of of how open you are to to new relationships um, and, and what the, and, and formulating those relationships, like have those boundaries, know exactly, you know, your value, your worth and, and what you want out of any given relationship, I think is, is really, it's an important factor now um, as networking, as you're networking and, and building, building your network to determine who those A players are, who those B, C, D players are and who you're spending your time on and, and what value um, you're bringing to them, but is also reciprocated to you. Now, in the book, you've actually, yeah, you've done like, so this is your eighth startup. You've done a lot of startups. Some have done well, some have had challenges and not done well. Some of them not at your fault. It's just other people have sabotaged them or blown them apart or they fall apart. Right. But to your own point, you're willing to just, you know, put it all out there every single time, you know, to grow and to keep working Absolutely. on it which is scary for a lot of people. There's a certain comfort level that people won't, won't always, won't do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and early on you started, you, you, you were not only were you just a, a, a businesswoman in the media or music world, you're also a mom <laughs> yeah. and a wife yeah. and, and, and having a young family is hard to have a regular nine yeah. to five job. And to me, you know, being a parent, like especially really with the, the times in the early years for you, really felt like it was, what a challenge to the dynamic it must have been because it two kids right two, you had two small young kids yeah I had two, yeah when as I was building my career and you know working hard to be a, to be an executive in the music industry with staying power <laughs> which is not not an easy feat um, especially as a female executive that was doing something you know, out of, out of the boundaries of, of what was normally acceptable in a right. and yeah, I had, you know, two small kids at home and I was also by coastal. I was, you know, in New York every couple of weeks and, um, and then also, you know, live in Santa Monica, but worked in Burbank. So that's, you know, almost like having to go to New York every day. <laughs> right. Right. Must just be another country. And what yeah. you have to realize is when you were doing this, this was, not when we had Zoom, when you could do these meetings and everything was so easy. I mean, God, can you imagine this now? Oh my <laughs> God. No, we should know now. Grateful. You know, I, not that I'm grateful that we had a pandemic and it's, you know, so, so much horrible, you know, sadness and, and loss of life happened during the pandemic. But from a business standpoint, it made people that I interact with on a regular basis I think show me more respect before the pandemic. I always had that kind of like side eye, like, Oh, you work from your house. Like you're not, you know, it's almost hard. It's almost harder actually. Yeah. But I love it. And I love the fact that what happened was it enabled us to have these types of, of one-on-one meetings or or group meetings without Mm -hmm. me having to drive and, you know, park and go into the office so it's been fantastic for me to have people see the the value of 
remote work. Yeah. It, it's really, that's actually on a side note, it's really changed the the work environment to begin with and obviously affect the music world. Whereas most places are turning to work from home and then the offices now are, are being downsized or becoming more of a creative center. So mm-hmm. creative, not only music, just, this book actually um, can actually help you in other careers. It doesn't have to just be music. It kind of gives you a perspective and it talks in a way where it talks about your house, getting your house in order, how to take care of things. And it makes it, you know, very black and white. So you can relate it to what you're doing. It just happens to be music. It has some really great music stories. And so it's fun. And I can relate to it. Um, but being able to, to do this now, so you had no, you, you really couldn't use the internet for talking to people. You're flying. You're a female in a male-dominated industry, boys club. You got a lot of challenges. And then just trying to be a mom to be there for your kids and your husband, which you also talk about the struggles you had in your relationship, you know, because of yeah. that, you know, yeah. not just because of that, but I'm saying, but not being around not enough of you for all those hours absolutely yeah it you know the long hours of the music industry and a lot of people I think when you think about creative professionals in general you don't realize how consuming it it is of your life to be a creative professional until things start to go south right (laughs) you're like well I just spent all this time on on this and it just you know crumbled the rest of my life because i was trying trying to build a creative career and it's just it takes a lot to be a creative professional a lot and more the, than people know and the other thing i want to point out is because being a male it was more acceptable for a guy to be working 80 hours a week flying a jet setting but it was also kind of a no-no for a female to be doing that yeah. and it's still just breaking away from that now you know it was very taboo you know yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's hard. I think it, it was h- harder for my generation. I think, you know, we're probably close in age. Yeah, I'm 51. Uh, yeah. So my generation of, of female creatives, yeah, it, it wasn't very acceptable um, or under, it wasn't understood. I'll tell you that right. it was largely misunderstood the, what, what we were doing, what I was doing in particular, or my female counterparts, um, it, it was hard to get get our male counterparts to accept that we were doing a job, you know, and not just honestly, like we came from the era in music where where women who were around around music were considered groupies and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not not considered uh, creative professionals. I remember early on um, my career, I actually interned for some record labels and stuff and I was in school for music business. And, and just seeing it full on, females to males on any level was such a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to be like almost like a, a single woman with like no anything. And you were still taking it on the chin every day to move forward, to move forward, to move forward, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was, I couldn't imagine doing PR. I was doing promo stuff like with Zoom nowadays and the way you can contact people and stuff. It was mm-hmm. like hours at the, at the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Totally, totally. So just to get all your flyers together to either send them out or put the promo kits, right? All the mail outs, the promo kits, you know? Now it's just an email and you got some attachments and you got a, either a SoundCloud or a Bandcamp or a Dropbox. You oh know? my God. I know it. Everyone's got it so much easier these days. <laughs> but like no one realizes that. They're like, I'll send it to you immediately. And I'm like, oh, I got media. But I remember packing them. So I, the whole thing, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was a lot. But, but to that point, 
it still wasn't, I could see back then it was even, even equal then, you know, so yeah. the challenge was there, but you made huge strides in the music and you had some, you've had some really great jobs and you've worked with some really great people. Mm-hmm. I have, I have. So, and, 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 the, and the important thing is you, you actually talk about friendships, betrayal and how it's knocked you down, but then to take that, what you've learned and try to roll it back into the next piece of your career and start again, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that's, that's the best takeaway for me is like, you just can't stop. You just got to keep working at what you want and how important is it? Cause you know, the feeling that from you is, is so important to you. You will actually just blow up everything to fact, I think it, uh, you end up moving to a smaller place because mm-hmm. you lost everything, but it was so important to start over to keep what you're doing at all costs, you know? And I think that's what draws a line between people really being successful, you know, or just being lucky sometimes, but you know what I'm saying? But being professionally successful is you gotta be really to put it on the line and keep working at it. It doesn't just come easy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think being a risk taker my entire career has, has served me well uh, most times, but then it's also, it's, it's, it's also done, done harm to, to my, to my well being at, at some points, like, mm-hmm putting myself out there and, and trying to innovate and, and, and build things that, and, and drive new, new endeavors to help make change in the industry, make room for other creative professionals that have never had an opportunity to, to do what I do um, or a way to get their foot in the door. Like that, that takes some, some real belief in myself. And then when, when I would, come face to face with, with people that didn't believe in what I was doing so frequently until I was finally winning at it. You know, it was, that was, that was hard on me. And of course I, I'm human. There were many times where I just wanted to throw in the towel and give up and, and give in to the naysayers or, you know, mm-hmm. or the, the non-believers, but I believed in what I was doing. I've always believed in my core focus has been how can I be of service to creatives that across the board, whether it's artists um, of all kinds, music artists primarily, but I've worked with all types of artists and helped open doors for them, you know, including Shepard Ferry and, you know, several other key players in, in music and lifestyle and culture. But, but more importantly, opening doors for people that once I got my foot in the door in the music industry and had respect and, and, and built all of that up for myself. I wanted to to be that that bridge for other people like me that that don't have those relationships yet. You know, I wanted to to be that conduit. Um, so that's really what I think kept me motivated and and made me not give up to to really be there for the future me's, right? Like right. male or female, you know, whoever wants to try to to build a creative career. I I, I wanted to to be a, a part of that. Well, I think you know, looking back. If I had seen that book early on, it would have been a really good book to know and read. I think it'd be a good, for anybody in the music industry, it's a good, it's almost like a college book to read. There's two things I got out of the book that really stuck out for me is, is A, and, and, and this is a positive, but most of us, one of our most, our, our, sometimes our best traits are also our worst traits. And I think that you're so open and kind. I think they also hurt you at times. Oh my like gosh. I read the book. I'm like, no, don't do it again. Don't trust them. Like, like, you know, like, oh, the day sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, don't, don't trust them again. Like, Make some rules or something. Yeah. <laughs> but because I, uh, that, but that also made you the person that also kept going 
And if you want that person, so you know what I'm saying? It's, it is definitely a yin and yang thing. Like, you know, you, you gave it, they gave it back to you for trusting them, but that also helped you grow further too. Yeah. If you're just totally negative and in, you probably would have inched along and maybe not been where you are because you've been really tight in, in, about yeah. moving forward and not open to people and people appreciate that and can work with you. That's your strength. But then you're also mm-hmm. welcoming other people, giving the same chance you didn't have trusting somebody, you know, obviously, you know, some people hurt you and took advantage of that, you know, which is, well, which is pretty no, I, unknown in the music business. Sure. Sure. I think with what I do and, and how, how I operate as a creative professional and the type of work and the type of initiatives that, that I create, I, I'm pushing boundaries always. So I have to be more open than the average executive in the music industry. I, I, I wish I could Sean, like set up those boundaries, but at the same time, like I'm always, I have to create in a really open way so that I can make those strides forward, right. which means it, I have to trust people blindly. Right. And it's not a judgment. It's not a judgment by any means. It's no, me, no, no, it's, you're looking from the aerial view of looking at it saying, I'm like, I don't know what I would do. Like, I can't be like, I would have done this. Like I'm like, we watching and going, geez, you see how that happens. But then if she wasn't this person, she would have even gotten there to even right. do that. So like, yeah. there really is no solution. I'm just like commenting on the, the Polish pull of that. It really kind of, you know, was, was definitely yeah. a challenge. It's yeah, it was challenging. It's it's been a wild ride, and and like you said, like I look back as I was writing the book and re- reliving those stories, which was you know so, somewhat painful. <laughs> um, well, it makes you very vulnerable. Have to put it out there. It's gotta, be, it's gotta be so very weird. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know, this is you writing all your things or, or, or um, emotions or, or, or family things or things with your husband or whatever, and you know how sad or whatever you scared you felt is like that the big nightmare we have of waking up and we're also we're in front of our class and our dreams and our in our underwear reading a book report or something it's like that right. th- there you go that's it that's what it feels like to me because like, it, it's all out there right yeah and, and and um which is brave you know and it probably took a lot to get through you probably feel good too on some level to kind of like it you know like you're shedding some skin kind of moving forward once you put it out there yeah i mean honestly that that wasn't the that actually didn't happen to me. And and I think that, you know, some people close to me felt that I was writing it um, in, you know, in a way to, to, to go through and be cathartic and, you know, get it out there. And, but really that's not, that's not where it came from. Honestly, Sean, I knew I was going to include a lot of the, the business stories um, somehow in the book, but the book started before the pandemic and it was all about my creative house philosophy mm-hmm. and I, it wasn't until almost at the end when I brought in my two wonderful editors um, that I realized I needed to start each chapter with with a true story about what I faced while I was developing my creative house philosophy and, and how to protect myself in different ways based on you know the trials and tribulations of my life right, right. so it, it it i never set out to write a, a you know behind the scenes music industry book per se but it kind of you know turned out a little bit like that but more about the behind the scenes of a female entrepreneur slash executive that had to figure everything out for myself right. you know and and part of that was developing this kind of self empowerment piece is what I prefer to call call it than self-help or self-improvement but to figure out how to continue to empower myself and and 
build something that that worked for me and and served me well in my day-to-day endeavors right and, and to me it doesn't feel like a manual it just feels like it's like you're getting it out there i mean it's just i mean it's so good like you kind of put everything in order it's another thing you put together you put out there to help keep building off of you know it's yeah i don't think it's, it's a self-help because i think what's really good is in a lot of books even if you know like um like what color is your parachute that type of genre stuff and it's not a dig towards them it's generic and when I, I mean, you remember reading those books it was good because there's nothing but when you read them like it's easy to say send out 10 of these a day and every day from eight to four you're like yeah it's great for some people but everyone's not the same and and, and to be like what well, color's your parachute and be creative well then it really isn't because <laughs> it's creative there's no color for your parachute because everybody's different so it's kind of it's hard to, to, to do that and this is you showing examples of a real person mm-hmm. saying yeah i had a fight with my husband and this was struggling and i was you know, crying, I would have sat and I, then I had to go and take it. This guy's bullying me, but I still went through it. It's real stuff. Yeah. Know? And and that's more tangible for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to go, oh, okay, I get it. It's not always going to be easy. I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. a Jerry McGuire, free, free, fallen song, driving down the road, like this high five. It's, it's not like that at all. Very rarely, in fact. And usually yeah. what happens is there's no one around to high five you for right. 10 minutes, <laughs> for 10 minutes, like, hi, oh. And then, you know what I mean? Sometimes your biggest successes are just you're alone because nobody gets the battle you did to get there, you know? And, and some true. of the, the biggest success is actually the journey to get to that point. Because once you're there, you're like, there really is no euphoric resting place. Right. You know, and that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And if people don't understand that, I think it may be even more generationally, people think there's like, a, like always like a big payoff. And, and I feel like there's a lot of the journey in the book, not so much of the payoff. You know what you're- I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I think, and I do think the journey as a creative professional is truly the ultimate win that you have staying power mm-hmm. and that you continue to be creative and, and reinvent yourself or, you know, rework your creative house like I have many, many times over. I think, I think that that is the win for me. But, you know, also, you're right. Like a lot of my biggest wins, I've been alone when they when the result actually happened, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but collaborative all right. the way through to that result. And I think that that those are the memories that you really right. cherish. But even with family, you're like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, it's great. We see it from the outside. You're like, no, you don't understand. Like there's this, you're very alone in some of these, <laughs> these wins in the music world because nobody yeah. really gets all the different angles of of um the minutiae, all the moving parts to get there. Um right. And to me, like, I, you know, I, I think I look back at some of my best moments in life are the parts of getting to that point of somewhere, something I want to achieve. It's almost looking back like, that was fun. Like I was, I was focused on that. I was doing it. Those are the best moments. Mm-hmm. And you got there. You're like, all right, I'm not something new again. Like I was discounted at that point because you're yeah. there. I did it. Yeah. I was, was new, you know. Exactly. Um, so moving forward, like, where do you think you'd like to see this book go? Like to... um Go foothold, like, where do you think would be a best best served for people? Whether it be, you like, know what I'm no, saying? Like, yeah, sorry. I, there are a couple of reasons why I wrote the book. <clears throat> One is, you know, I've done a lot of really important things in my career to open doors, especially for, for, for young women um, and just entry-level creatives. Um, I've, done, I've done a lot of things that, that also one thing in particular that really impacted the future of of AR and the music business and and I never took care of my my creativity in a way where I owned those things like even you know even the killers that are mentioned in, in my book like 
for years, there were always people, you know, saying, oh, well, anybody can say that they, they discovered a band or they discovered this band or they were, they were the reason why their career started. But it just so happens that, thank goodness, they kept that pace, <laughs> the paste <Yeah. laughs> of their first check that has my name on it. And I was like, okay, so I really can tell you and claim it. You know, um, I think I wrote the book also to protect myself and the legacy of, of things that I've done. I, I, I didn't do that before. And it's not like, I mean, Sean, I, it wasn't like I could go write a 20 year celebratory press release and be like, hey, I did this over 20 years. and you know, get media coverage. So I was like, well, I guess it's going in the book. Um, so I think a book like this would be good. I'm sorry. I think like in a lot, like in a lot, a lot of libraries, I think this would be a book like in like school libraries and college libraries, you know? Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, we're just getting started with the book. I, I, I think, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm going to do is uh, in the fall, I don't know if you know this, a lot of people don't know this, but but music business undergraduate degrees are a highly sought after track at um, over 300 colleges and universities. So I'm going to be going on a, on a book tour and visiting all of those music oh, business good. programs. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's something that can be worked into a workshop or, or, or part of the curriculum at some of these schools. So that's, that's one thing that I'm going to try to do is get it in the hands of as many, you know, college students that are, that are attending music business programs mm -hmm. now so that at least they have some insight of, of what they're right. in. For. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, I enjoy it as a read on what I've gone through and things in my life, but what would be the most impactful would be younger people mm -hmm. in high school college age that are starting out in any field you know good on like a law, like any kind of library so i meant like as a launching pad for people you know that's what i think i i agree with you I, I think that there are there are very few books that really describe <clears throat> what it takes to build a creative career um and using real world examples right. real life experiences i I just haven't seen another book like that. And, you know, I did do, I'm a researcher. <laughs> so I did do a little research before I <laughs> released the book, but, but also right now I'm recording the audiobook version and I'll give you a little tidbit because you happen to be the first interview since we started the process. Um, there's a little known category in the Grammys that is um, for audiobooks and, and, and spoke it's the best spoken word album. Yep. So I, I have a Grammy award winning producer producing my audiobook, um, hip hop producer. So he's very good at spoken word. Um, and we're going to, we're going to be submitting for that Grammy category and nice. not good only luck. a little known category, but there are very few submissions apparently. So I think we have a good shot <laughs> oh, wow. at getting Grammy not on this. Um, but also I'm, I'm including a compilation of, 12 to 15 emerging female artists that I've invited to have a song featured in the audio book so I can help boost their careers. I mean, I always leverage everything I have to support artists. Um, mm -hmm. So this is one way I could, I could say, Hey, come, come put a song in, in the audio book that is representative of how you felt about my book or how it impacted you. And then hopefully they'll, all these young female artists will get a Grammy nomination before, you know, before they see any sort of success <laughs> on their own. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah. What, the other takeaway I got was on this whole thing was 
contacts and how to so many contacts with people and be friendly with them because it's so hard to not be like feel like it's just hey uh, call me call me call me you know i mean to have contacts you call them when you need them to maintain mm-hmm. contacts and have some kind of a, a friendship like friendship but not it's hard it's hard to, the hard line of calling somebody friends nowadays is really hard you know yeah facebook ruined it for everybody you know <laughs> they're just friends but are you friends? But is it is it a friend somebody you do like you can hang out with? I mean, there's no like real official title for it. So you have contacts that you're friendly with. It's like how do you draw the line where it's not you're not you're not overstepping the balance on that contact? Like how do you, you know, that's a, it's a weird world to weave for a lot of people. I think you know with my network, I learned early on, and I I still continue to operate this way, um, consistently. I I do not reach out to people just for chit chat because. If I don't have some something of value to bring to them at the time, I really don't want to take their time because I know how valuable time is, right? So I only reach out to people, you know, in, in rotation every so, you know, every so often. But I, I do reach out to consistently to, to my contacts, you know, 10 to 20 people a week with check-ins on things that they might find valuable. So I'm mindful of what, where, where my network's interests are and how I might align with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I always come with something to offer, not something to ask. Yep. Okay. That's fair enough. Cause I always wondered that myself, you know, it's a weird world of just all kinds of business contacts. Like how far do you go and who, you know what I mean? Cause sometimes it's just too much. People are just too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. it can be exhausting to balance all that. And I, and I also feel like, Oh, every time they need something, they come to me, but that's it. You know what I mean? How do you, right. how do you maintain that professional? Like, well, yeah, but if you need something from me, I'm here too, but maybe they they just don't. And it's one-sided and you need to kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think, that I think mind. it's important to have a balance, right. That you're not um, always coming with an ask that you're coming with, with a solution or, or something of interest. Like, Hey, I thought you might like to know that, you know, this thing just happened and it right. seems like it might, it might fit into your interests or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like giving, giving, I feel like I get more back. Okay. Well, you, you're a lot more established too. But a lot of people just have contacts. They don't really know what to do with them. It feels right. like it's all over. So I just come with a little high uh, insight for people that are new <laughs> and starting out to, you know, to really work contacts up being over the top. Yeah. I think um, for people that, that you know maybe aren't as established as I am and and don't get the responses generally um when they reach out I I really do think it is like offering something up and and less about self-promotion and more about or self-interest and and more about how to find something valuable to to connect the dots with that person if you want to build that relationship to the next level I agree that's awesome any final final thoughts on this for people in your book um no Advice, i mean anything? read my book, read the book. <laughs> there's, it's, a it's, lot of, there's a lot of gems in there there's I, you know it's a page turner i think what do you think <laughs> i think i think there's a sequel I, I i love it i read a lot of books so it can be pretty critical and i can't think of another book like this you know i really can't it's you know it, it and i hate I hate the title of the self-help book can really just turn me off this is a good book just feels like oh gross but yeah <clears throat> the story is interesting it's almost like just three different types of books into it all kind of put together mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not being lectured you know there's a story there's, a, there's um some music in it you talk about music no excuse me <clears throat> excuse me 
parts of the music industry, notable people in the music industry, get your personal stuff, and then the creative part of stuff help or mm-hmm. how to build you build yourself through this journey like a manuscript mm-hmm. all together as one thing. So it's really interesting. It's, it's something like people read. It's not. It's a fun read. You know. Yeah. Just trust me a little yeah, bit. Some I, of the really struggles you had. Right. Like. I didn't want it to, I didn't want to put all of myself into something that, that didn't feel like it was kind of unique and different because that's, that's kind of my style. <laughs> I, I like it. I'd like to see a sequel when you dig in a little more into some of your A&R stuff too. I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. I could, I could see myself reading a double-sized book of all A&R stuff myself, but that's just well, me. And I do intend to, I, I want this to turn into a series of books for sure. And I did kind of keep it short, honestly, Sean, because I didn't want people to be like, oh, you, oh, she wrote a book or, oh, you know, oh, oh it's all about herself. Like, I, I wanted it to feel like a quick read, a good read, a fulfilling read, and a pretty straightforward, like, this is what I've done and this is how I did it. Um, so that's really what, how I wanted to kick it off. But yeah, I want to get more in depth on some stuff on the next one for sure. Here's the thing: it's just, it's it's like an, it's like a good, a good album, you know. It's got it's, oh. it's, a full, it's got all the good songs in it, but you didn't put more than you needed in it. So you're like, oh wow, that 40 minutes went, went by fast because it's all good. And, and then the next thing you need to do is going to be like a, you need like a double album now to go back into right. details for the rest <laughs> of us because <laughs> that's like a launching pad for you. you know what I'm saying you just, but the first mm-hmm. it's very you know it's, it's got everything else it's, it's not a, not like an easy easy read like it's not like basic words but it's a good fun read we don't realize that you just kind of keep sitting and you want to keep finishing it that's that's a fun read you know thanks so, i really appreciate that i enjoyed yeah. it and the links for your book and stuff will be underneath the show on the podcast and on the yeah. youtube channel so people can go right to it order it and um awesome. it's been awesome thank you for being on the show Thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. My pleasure.